And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Before we jump in, I want to tell you about New York Times Audio, a new iOS app for New York Times news subscribers. It's got the Athletic NBA show, plus all the other great podcasts from The Athletic, exclusive shows, narrative articles, and more. New York Times Audio. Download it now at nytimes.com slash audio app. I do have a take. Point of contention. Welcome back to Point of Contention. Five topics, five minutes, five points of contention. I'm Andrew Schlecht. We got myself producing. Coming up on the show. Can the Celtics do it? Nuggets praise. Bye-bye, Bron Bron. Suns coaching search. And who is the most stuck? Be sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel by searching The Athletic NBA Show. Or if you're watching right now, let's just do two things. Hit the subscribe button and the like button somewhere down below. You can also subscribe to The Bounce. It's a free NBA newsletter from The Athletic, from our very own Zach Harper. You can sign up at theathletic.com slash the bounce today is may 25th national brown baguet day jay what is your go-to lunch in a brown bag when i was a kid i used to always be a tuna sandwich guy i used to be the rare tuna sandwich guy give me the tuna sandwich with the mayo slabbed on it with the potato chips in between the bread that was that was that was fire. Gotta to be eat. yellow lays, right? Yellow lays with the tuna sandwich. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Even yeah, I, I used to always eat a tuna sandwich every day at lunch. I would bring a tuna sandwich. <laughs> Except a, when it was spicy uh, chicken day. Spicy chicken day was fire oh. at, at my high school. <laughs> like fried, like fried chicken or what? Or like yeah, chicken it was nuggets. Like, they had the. Yeah, I mean, it really wasn't that good, but it just felt good because <laughs> yeah. most of the time the food at high school was really bad. So Spicy Chicken Day just felt like a festival. <laughs> Will, what are, what are, what's your brown bag special? I'm going to go just with the regular turkey sandwich. I'm going to be the boring guy here. Just give me okay. the turkey sandwich, some Doritos. I'm good to go. But I got to depart from, from our normal banter here because I, I got to address... Uh, the Uh-oh. elephant slash seven five Frenchman in the room. Last week, I had some things to say. Some <laughs> things to say. People reacted online. So I just want to, you know, me and Jay were joking about this in Miami. So I just want to send a word out to the city of San Antonio and say I was a grumpy sports writer last week. No, no, no. We are not apologizing for what we said about San Antonio. Everything you said about San Antonio was right. You should have been more mean about San Antonio. I want to apologize to the city of San Antonio. To the Spurs fans who are in my mentions, y'all can kiss my ass. I don't care how y'all feel. (laughs) But the the city of San Antonio, I want to apologize. I'm not going to be a grumpy sports writer this week. I'm here to spread positivity, guys. So let's get some positivity going. San Antonio is still not a great city. Sorry, <laughs> San Antonio people. In this corner, he covers the Celtics. 
and he awaits the arrival of Cooper Flag. It's Jay Sacramento King. Jay, when did everyone count you out, but you managed to prevail? I would say my whole life. It's it's easy to count out the moron who does, who doesn't seem to be great at anything. So I think I think I've been rightfully counted out my whole life. And in this corner, he now covers the heat permanently because they're never going to lose ever again. It's Will Guillory. Will, how about you? When did, when have you prevailed when everyone counted you out? Yeah, they thought I couldn't pick up a second beat, but I proved them wrong. That's I'm, right. I'm here. I'm covering two teams in one season. And they thought I couldn't, but I'm here. I'm technically not here in Miami. I'm here in New Orleans now, but I'll be back in Miami, I guess, in 24 hours. Uh, continue the heat culture beat. He's doing there it for San Antonio. Yeah, shout out to San Antonio. Lovely city. Great Lovely people. City. <laughs> Great people. Let's get to take one. The Celtics pushed the series to five. On Tuesday night, the Celtics, who looked dead in the water, finally woke up and slammed the door shut on the Heat in the third quarter, outscoring the Heat 38-23. to This series moves back to Boston for game five as the Celtics try to do something that no team has ever done before. Uh, this morning, our own Jared Weiss reported that Malcolm Brogdon has been playing through pain. He has a partial tear in the... Let's see. He has a partial tear in the tendon from his right elbow and his forearm. Uh, but not, not long after that, the Heat ruled out Gabe Vincent from Game 5 because of an ankle sprain. Vincent has averaged 17.5 points on 57-50-93 shooting splits. Just <laughs> insane. Absurd. Just hearing it right <laughs> off is wild. It's Crazy. so wild. Uh, the Celtics are 4-5 and five at home, and the Heat are 5-3 and three on the road. Jay... Did the Celtics actually have a chance to pull this off? Do you believe? I wouldn't say I believe, but it's in the realm of possibilities. Look, th- this team had to do some serious soul searching after game three. That was an enormous letdown. Like They, they just let Oof. go of the rope. It was clear. They were talking about how they became disconnected. There were some some direct conversations among Celtics players, coaches, everybody in between game three and four. And, and they found something and who knows whether they can do that three more times in a row against Eric Spolster against Jimmy Butler. It's going to be really, really tough to beat those guys three straight times when you absolutely need to do it. And when they, they just need one, but the way they played in game four set the blueprint, like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, those guys, can't be intent on just getting their own. They got to move the ball, get off it, get the ball again, and then attack because the Heat are so good in help defense. They're so sharp in their rotations. You have to really work to get good shots, and I don't think the Celtics did enough of that in the first three games. I thought their offense, offensive purpose, offensive progress was so much better in game four, just the way they were, especially Jalen Brown. I thought even though he didn't have a big game scoring, he just wasn't forcing it, and and that's huge for them. When he's patient going to the paint and then spraying it out to shooters, that's just such a big deal for them, and it gets the ball moving for them and, and draws help and starts – all of a sudden, Grant Williams is open. All of a sudden, Marcus Smart's wide open. All of a sudden, Derek White, Al Horford, guys who haven't always had big games in this series get wide open shots and start feeling good about themselves. So that said, like the Heat are playing at a super high level. Jimmy Butler is playing at a super high level. And 
and nobody's ever come back from down 3-0. But, but this would be like the circumstance where it would happen if it did happen. But it probably won't happen. <laughs> now, I can tell you there's nobody happier that we're having this conversation and people around the nation are having this conversation than Eric Spolster. He loves the fact that the Heat have gone from everybody loving on them, telling them how great they are, to saying they're going to blow a 3-0 lead in the conference finals. He, he loves... Uh, that team feeling like an underdog, feeling like they got a chip on their shoulder. Uh, so uh, of course they that that second half was pretty ugly for Miami. I say that was probably been that was probably one of the ugliest halves they played throughout the playoffs because they've been mostly dominant, you know, throughout this playoff run. Uh, but I think he he loves the fact that they're back in that underdog role now. Everybody's doubting them. Everybody's talking about how well Jason Tatum played and. You know, if the Celtics are going to be able to make history the same way the Red Sox did, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, but I think that the big thing that stood out to me in that second half was just the pace Boston played with. I thought Tatum just played so fast and he made such quick decisions on the offensive end. And that's the, a great way to beat that set defense that Jay talked about that Miami plays so well. I thought he was just spraying the ball, making really quick decisions. And I think it's going to be tough for Miami when he plays that way and he's really decisive in what he does. But I think we joked about it, but the Gabe Vincent loss is huge, not just because Gabe was playing so well, but because the, the Heat are already without Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo. I, I mean, the, when we're talking about ball handling guards, what do they got? Jimmy Butler and 38-year-old Kyle Lowry? And that's pretty much it, right? So I, I think we're going to yeah. see that. It, a heavy dose of Jimmy Butler in this game. And, and I think it's going to put a lot of stress on him and Bam Adebayo just to create shots consistently just because they don't have that many guards left, you know, just, just from all the injuries that are starting to pile up now. There's going to be so much on Jimmy Butler and then so much on Struess and Duncan Robinson to create offense with their movement. Those yeah. Those guys both draw so much attention when they're flying around screens, when they're coming off dribble handoffs when they're doing all that stuff. And so I think those guys need to be really sharp because like you said, you know, it's Kyle Lowry who hasn't been great in this series at all no, since all. the first half of game one and Jimmy Butler, who's going to need to play a ton of minutes, who's going to need to have the ball in his hands all the time. And that's not really the style that he likes to play all the time, but I think they have no choice right now that they're just going to have to, it's going to have to be like, like James Harden rocket style, but with Jimmy Butler, like just <laughs> just attacking attacking mismatches, going isolation, trying to draw two and get everybody else open. Yeah, my expectation is that uh, Nikola Jovic is going to enter the game tonight and he's going to dominate, setting up the Jovic Jokic finals matchup. That's what we need. That, I, I, that's I mean, that's. That that would be the most heat thing ever if if Jovic just comes <laughs> off the bench and has like, awesome. like twenty three. <laughs> yeah. Gabe Vincent yeah. really has been been balling though. The, like, the, yeah. the biggest he's, issue is that Jovic was a first round pick, so he's not quite heat enough. You, you, they got to find true. a dude who was undrafted to come in and kill, and then that would be truly Miami like. <laughs> Let's go to take two. Nuggets praise the Denver Nuggets have moved on to the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history. The way the team was built by Tim Connolly and now Calvin Booth is a great lesson in patient team building. They never rushed the process. They didn't move any of their major pieces, and they allowed the duo of Jokic and Murray to prove themselves, and they have at the highest stage. Will, what are some of the lessons that other NBA teams can learn from the way that the Nuggets have built their contending squad? Yeah, I think patience. I think there were plenty of times where they could have got tempted 
and, and to, you know, potentially moving Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. to make a big swing to try to go get a, a second quote unquote big star to put next to Jokic, but they allowed those guys to grow. They dealt with their injuries. They didn't rush the process. And also just the ability to, to find some of these role players that fit uh, with your stars. And I mean, the, the benefit of having Jokic is that anybody fits with him, right? You could put anybody yeah. next to him. He'll make him look good. But I think yep. go and get a Bruce Brown, KCP, Aaron Gordon, kind of these rugged, defensive-minded guys to put next to your offensive stars. I, I think it was, you know, great work by that Nuggets front office, just kind of guys to complement what they already have. Because we knew they were a great offensive team with Jokic, Murray, and Porter as your core. But bringing in Brown, KCP, and Gordon, I think gave them that defensive mindset that you've kind of seen throughout these playoffs. And I think, you know, they, they got one of the, the best, you know, seven-man rotations uh, in the league, hands down, just because not so much the talent, but just the way those guys fit together and they understand how to play together and, and play off of each other. Uh, and you've seen those guys step up. Of course, Jokic has been incredible. He's been the best player in the playoffs. But I think getting the production they've gotten from those role players is what really has Denver looking like the favorite right now because uh, those other guys are contributing and they know exactly how to fit next to those stars. And just never overreacting to things that were out of their control, right? Like they could have fired Malone a number of times just, just because yeah. they weren't making deep playoff runs. And part of it was just Jamal Murray was hurt. Their backcourt last year, their starting backcourt was Monty Morris and Will Barton in the playoffs. And, like, and sometimes that costs coaches their jobs because the front office hears the backlash. Like, why aren't you getting out of the first round? You've got the MVP and you can't win a playoff series. And they looked at it rationally and said, you know what, when when Murray's back, when when Porter Jr.'s back, this team is going to have a chance. And, and they kept everything together, and they just knew. And I think that gave time for Jamal Murray to come back from injury. That gave time for Michael Porter Jr. to advance from you know, just a score to now he's so much better at the other parts of the game, so much better with his defensive rotations with how he can find people offensively by by using his shooting gravity and and making the extra pass. And so it gave time for their core to flourish together and most franchises just don't do that. And so they believed in this group even when it was difficult to believe in them. And and like you said, found the right pieces to accentuate Jokic. Like Jokic is going to be a great offense all by himself especially when he has Porter and Murray alongside him. So they had to go out and find those athletic wings, and they found the perfect ones who had the right mentality to know, I'm not going to be a scorer for this team. I'm not going to need the ball in my hands all the time. And for Aaron Gordon, like that, that took changing his game. He, he, he liked the ball in his hands when he was in Orlando, sometimes to the detriment of himself and to that team. And now he he just focuses on what he does best. And so I think – it's a lesson in knowing what you have, valuing what you have the right way. Even if you look back, like there was once a question about Jokic versus Nurkic, right? Yeah. At, <laughs> yeah. And at the t at the time, it, it wouldn't have been crazy to be like, you know what, Yusuf Nurkic is good. Let let's move this Jokic guy and, and just keep Nurkic. And, yo, and, and they Nurkic said, no, no, no. Like this young dude has a gift. Let's build yeah. the entire offense around him. Let's. 
let's focus everything around him, and that's when everything changed for them. And Nurkic felt a way about them picking Jokic over him, right? Like, he was like, every time he played the Nuggets, he was like, oh, it's revenge night for me. They picked Jokic over me, which uh, didn't doesn't look great in retrospect. But I think also a lesson that the, uh, Denver is showing us is kind of the patience they've had in the draft, right? I think a team in their position, especially after that Western Conference final run in a bubble, a lot of teams would have been like, okay, we got to start shipping out first-round picks to add to our core. We got to start building some – getting some veterans in there to help us win – and they, you know, stay patient while Michael Porter Jr. I think you're going to see guys like Bruce Brown and Jeff Green move on. And they've got Christian Brown and Peyton Watson waiting in the wing. Young guys. So they're able to to kind of keep this thing rolling by staying patient in the draft, building internally and not feeling that pressure to to go out and ship out a first round pick to add uh, to their rotation. So I think they, they've done it, obviously, by hitting on Jamal Murray and Jokic in major ways, but also just building internally and staying patient in what they do instead of, you know, getting rid of all their assets. In, in hopes of winning right now. Uh, so I think they've done a, a masterful job of building that roster and maintaining their assets while they're doing it. And my, my favorite thing about the Nuggets right now is they know how great they are. Like Mike Malone was sitting there after game one of the Western Conference Finals. Everyone was talking about Rui Hachimura on guarding Jokic and the adjustments the Lakers made. And he was like, are you serious? It was like, we just played D'Angelo Russell off the court. That's what you guys should be talking about. And no coach ever does that, but Malone did it. And to me, that was him signaling. My team is a monster, guys. My my team, it doesn't matter that I'm sitting up here talking crap about the other team, talking crap about another player on the other team. My team is going to back me up, and my team is going to come out and prove me right. And and you can tell from the way they carry themselves right now. Not only do they know they're great, but they're playing up to that expectation all the time. And it's just fun to watch. Yeah. And everybody's putting on the same rope with this team, which I think really matters. I mean, they dealt Bones Island at the deadline for two yep. second round picks because I think that he was like the only one that where they looked at him and they're like, I'm not sure that he's pulling on the same rope. No, he was definitely not pulling on the same rope. (laughs) Let's let's get him out of here. And so (laughs) he wanted that rope for himself. Yeah. And he's super talented. Like that's a really talented player that you could justify keeping around just because like he's got some upside there. But because of that, they're like, no, get out of here. Like we need we're focused on what we're gonna do this, you know, postseason. And he just wasn't gonna be a part of it. And so who knows? Like second round picks are gonna be interesting with this new CBA. So those may actually be pretty valuable down the road but you know it's it's a team culture thing it's a patience thing uh they've done such a good job uh let's take a quick break when we come back bye bye Bron Bron. this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back. Take three. We're going to talk about the Lakers offseason and just some comments from LeBron James. This week, the Los Angeles Lakers were swept by the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals which had LeBron James deflecting, I mean, reflecting on what his future in the NBA might be. Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report says, it's called Bleacher Report, and then I wanted to say reports, I even wrote reports, but it just sounds weird. Bleacher Report reports. Uh, LeBron James is uncertain if he'll be with the team in the 23-24 season when it starts in the fall, and retirement is under consideration also, in Laker news this week, our own Jovan Buha reports that the Lakers have had internal discussions on the possibility of acquiring Trey Young. So, Jay King, I pose this question to you. Which of these two scenarios is most likely? <laughs> I'm going to go retirement. I'm going to okay. go retirement. <laughs> yeah, go. What are they yeah, trading yeah. for Trey Young? What are they <laughs> trading for Trey Young? Like, Jared Vanderbilt, <laughs> Rui Hachimura in a couple seconds. Like, what What do they have to offer for Trey Young? Scottie Pippen the, uh, Jr. Scottie so Pippen Jr. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny how everybody heard Le, LeBron, arguably the greatest player ever, say that he might retire and nobody even reacted to it. Everyone was just kind of like, nah, that's yeah, not going like, to happen. Everybody's yeah, like, right. F-O-H, LeBron. Like, when he goes out, he's going out like Kobe Bryant. He's going out like Coach K where he has just a year of everyone giving him gifts. He has a year oh, of him posing, posing for 100%. pictures, doing doing 30-minute yes. press conferences after his last game everywhere. That That's how everyone expects him to go out. That said, I will say, he sometimes had to take a backseat to Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell and sometimes even Lonnie Walker in the playoffs. And for a guy that great who's, who's used to having everything run through him, who's used to being by far the best player on the court, facing the fact that you have to adjust and, and become a different type of player, although obviously he's still capable of greatness. He had 31 points in the first half of, of game four, but he just can't do it all the time like that. And so for me, even though everyone else is discarding the retirement talk, I would kind of understand if LeBron looks at it and looks at the way everything evolved for him and for the Lakers this year and is like, you know what? I don't want to reach the point where I'm secondary to Austin Reeves. I get it. I get it. And he's not really second. Like, he's he's better than Austin Reeves. Yeah, he's more yeah, important yeah. than Austin Reeves. But yeah, sometimes sure. he would take a backseat for him. So I, there's like a small part of me that wonders whether he would actually retire. Uh, there's not a small part of me that thinks he's going to retire. The man has said a hundred times that he wants to play with his son in the NBA. Bronny, last time I checked, still has two more years before he can comes in the NBA. So I, I don't think LeBron's going anywhere. I think we all. The, the funny thing is we we've been around LeBron so much and we've gone through the offseason LeBron process so many times that we know the beats already of how it goes. That he's going to throw something out there in the press conference to get us talking about him rather than the team that beat him. 
him going into the offseason. We know he's going to use his leverage to force his team to make some additions. And so that's why I'm leaning more Trey Young. Because I think we know what LeBron does in the offseason is that he says he's not involved, but he's behind the scenes telling Rob Palenka, hey, we need to do this to make this team better. And we saw what happened with D'Angelo Russell. And that team needs a new starting point guard. I I would be shocked if D'Angelo Russell is back with them next season. So they're going to need a new starting point guard, and they're not going to just go bargain basement shopping for a point guard. They're going to go after Kyrie Irving, Trey Young, one of those guys, and I joked with y'all before the podcast, if, they, if the Hawks called asking for Austin Reeves, if I'm the Lakers, I'm asking for a first-round pick uh, for if, in a Trey Young trade because Austin Reeves played that well during the playoffs. But I think uh, we got to also mention that Trey Young got some clutch ties there. So anytime there's a clutch guy that comes available, the Lakers are always going to be tied in. So there's that as well. And, and I think, uh, yeah, LeBron is going to use his leverage to go try to get somebody this offseason uh, and, and maybe Trey Young's the guy, maybe Kyrie's the guy, but uh, they're going to try to make a big move because uh, you know they felt like they were close this season, much closer than they thought they were going to be, and he's going to want to try to make a big move. Uh, Trey Young, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not the guy that's going to put them <laughs> over the hump <laughs> to beat the Denver Nuggets. I don't think he's that guy, uh, but we know LeBron is he's going to he loves big moves and i think the lakers are going to be a team looking to make some big moves this offseason before we move on i, I got to have a side rant about kyrie oh i got to have a side rant about kyrie okay. okay only kyrie irving could show up to two lakers games in the playoffs and then have the audacity to get upset that people are talking about his free agency options. <laughs> he just enjoys basketball, Do you know basketball, why they're Jay? talking about you during the conference finals, Kyrie? Because you showed up at a game of the team you are rumored to go to. That's why. <laughs> two of them. He showed up to two of them. You showed up to two of their games. Like, how are you? <laughs> but, but this is what Kyrie does. Kyrie does things for the attention, does things that draw attention, and then when the attention comes his way, he always acts upset about it. Come on, Kyrie. Come on. You're sitting there in the front row talking to Alex Rodriguez, watching LeBron. Come on, man. Like, no. no. I love, no, I love no, yesterday no. on my flight back home, I was watching Kyrie Irving on Instagram Live telling people how they're too obsessed with social media which was hilarious to me. He's, he's on Instagram Live saying, y'all spend too much time on social media as he's going on a 30-minute rant on Instagram Live. So, yeah, I just love the constant contradiction of, of Kyrie Irving. It's amazing. Uh, he's the star of the NBA soap opera. You know, if there was like a poster of the NBA soap opera that we could make or like a billboard of some sort, like his face would be pretty big. He's just it. a content machine. Just, just a legend of the content game, honestly. Yeah, I uh, I love it. As somebody that is creating content all the time, it's been <laughs> glorious. Keep it up, Kyrie. I don't don't change a thing. Don't change a thing oh, about your approach. That's who, why we need approach. the Kyrie Lebron union in LA again. That'll be oh, like content heaven destiny. for us at the Athletic. Oh, it's destiny. Let's go. I'm excited about that. Okay, coming up after the break, we're going to talk about the Suns' coaching search. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out, birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. 
Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back. Take four. The Suns coaching search. Our own Sham Sharani reported this week that the Phoenix Suns have narrowed down their list of head coaching candidates to five names. Former 76ers coach Doc Rivers, former Raptors coach Nick Nurse, former Lakers coach Frank Vogel, Kings assistant Jordy Fernandez, and Suns assistant Kevin Young are the finalists for this role. They're set to meet with Phoenix owner Matt Ishbia, President James Jones, and other team officials in Michigan later this week. Will, which of these five candidates would be the best for the job, and which one has you raising your eyebrows? I kind of want uh, Phoenix to do something different, even though I think it would be hilarious if we just did musical chairs at the co- coaching spots where we just sent Nurse to Milwaukee, we sent Doc Rivers to Phoenix, and then we sent Monty yeah. Williams to Philly. That would just be hilarious. Uh, but I would love yeah. them to get some new blood in there, maybe Young, their uh, their assistant coach. Um, you know, this is maybe Quinn. I love Chris Quinn in Miami as a uh, coaching candidate. Uh, I, I just would love them to get some new blood there uh, just because it feels like it, it, it feels very stale in Phoenix right now with the Chris Paul situation. DeAndre Ayton, they're ready to get him out of the building. I would just love them to get a, a different type of voice, a new voice in there. Somebody Matt Ishbia can kind of commit to long term. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm just not sure they're going to do that because it feels like they're in very much win now mode with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Uh, but I think the best route for them was to get somebody different in there just to bring some spice to what they're doing and just kind of help bring in a new era instead of just kind of do the same old thing that they've been doing in Phoenix. The Jake King. Ishbia is the obviously he's the deciding factor here. He's the owner, but from what we know about Ishbia, he he came in and instantly looked for the biggest, splashiest move possible. <laughs> it yeah. didn't matter to him what he was going to pay for Kevin Durant. He was going to go out and get Kevin Durant. 
And that's why I think he's going to go for the biggest name on the market. That's why I don't think he's going to go with Kevin Young, even though I think he's qualified and he would be ready for the job. That's why I don't think, even though Frank Vogel has won a championship, he's not like the sexiest name out there. I feel like this is going to be Nick Nurse. I feel like it's going to be Nick Nurse. And I don't know if that'll go well. Because, look, (laughs) the reason Monty didn't work out there is because he didn't have the best relationship with DeAndre and he didn't have the best relationship with Jay Crowder. And and those situations went wrong and it impacted the Suns in a major, major way. Nick Nurse, great coach, one of the best X's and O's guys in the league, innovative as heck. I don't know if he's the guy that when your thing is like we need someone to really connect to the players, if Nick Nurse is the one to come in and get everyone to buy in. Um, he's a championship guy, but I, I just think the way he approached it, how harsh he can be, ran thin in Toronto. So I think they're going to go with Nick Nurse, and I think it's going to be a mistake. <laughs> and Jay, I'm sure you heard a lot of the same stories I heard. I don't think anybody in Toronto was heartbroken to see Nick Nurse leave uh, this offseason. There was a lot of discontent in that locker room. Guys weren't getting along. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you that Nick Nurse is a guy who can be uh, tough to deal with for some players. Maybe he's a dude who just comes in and is great for a couple years and then you send him on his way uh, like a Larry Brown back in the G. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you that Nurse is a guy who's got a lot of uh, a lot of personality, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of say so and the way he does things. And we know guys like Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, they want to feel like they're in control of their environment and what they're doing on a daily basis. Uh, so that's why I, I think it might be smart to bring in a younger coach. But yeah, if you bring in Nick Nurse, I think there's a a, a definite timeline on how that thing goes before it kind of blows up on them. Yeah, if I'm looking for a coach to get this team over the hump, I'm just shocked that Doc Rivers is being mentioned <laughs> as the guy. Or it's like, man, we just can't we just can't get over this this last little bit, and we want to <laughs> interview Doc Rivers. It's just I can't think of two statements that are more contradictory when in like a coaching search. I just that that one I just don't get. It is a big name. Who knows? I mean, whenever these lists are revealed, it's it may not be directly from the team. You know, it may be agents or whoever kind of in the mix trying to get their like their guy in the mix. But I don't know. I was shocked by that. I agree with you. Well, I think they should try somebody new, but. They're going to go flashy for sure, which is probably why Doc Rivers is on this list to begin with. But I think Ishbia is smart enough to know that Nick Nurse is still seen as like the smart guy coach in the NBA. And if you hire him, like, oh, so innovative. Wow. This is going to be great for your offense. This is going to be great for this, great for that. That they'll probably be lauded. And he wants that. Like, same for the Durant deal. Like, he wants the press conference. Like, he wants to host a big press conference. And I think probably Nick Nurse is the biggest guy on this list. The, I mean, Andrew, uh, things worked out so well last time with Doc Rivers and Chris Paul, so I don't know what you're talking about. There's a long <laughs> history of success with those Is there two. a history there? <laughs> no no matter who they hire, the they have to just – the supporting cast is the main thing. That has to get better. It has to. Yeah. And then whoever they hire, the two things to me are build a defensive identity because – if you can play defense and then have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, you're going to be 
great. You're going to have a chance. Yep. Yeah. And then the other part is like Booker and Durant live in the mid-range, and they're two guys that both feast in the mid-range. And you have to be able to tweak that at least a little bit. And I think that's going to be difficult because both those guys have historically been like just mid-range killers, and you could probably build a really good offense with them doing that. But you need to push some of it out and and be able to generate more three-pointers than they were able to do, to do this year. And part of that is a supporting cast. But I think part of it is also convincing those two guys who can crush in the mid-range that when you have two guys like that, it's going to probably be pretty difficult mathematically. Let's move on to take five. Who is the most stuck? Our own John Hollinger wrote about the summer of stuckness, describing how several teams have used their assets uh, for other trades and are now finding themselves locked into a roster with little flexibility and few avenues for improvement. I'm going to give you guys three teams. I want you to tell me who is the most stuck in their current situation, Clippers, Hawks, or Mavs? What say you, Jay King? <laughs> this is a tough one because they're all pretty stuck. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all remarkably stuck. I'm going to go with this is crazy to say because they have by far, not by far, but the best player who's usually healthy Luke, the Mavericks are the most stuck. They went out and got Kyrie, and it was a desperation, urgent thing, and they missed the playing tournament. They missed the playing tournament, and they need a new supporting cast. Kyrie could absolutely leave. There's no promise he's going back there. As crazy as it sounds, because when you have Luka, you have a chance. That, to me, is the one that I just don't see a way out of. And I think eventually, using their last chips on Kyrie will cost them Luka. He'll eventually want out. And like from, from a guy who just saw the Hawks in the playoffs, they have enough talent there that with Quinn Snyder there, they're going to be very good, I think, next season. The Clippers, if if they just got healthy just once, they would still have a chance. Yeah. Like, But the Mavericks are so far away from having a competitive roster around Luka. And if Kyrie leaves, it's just – it's hopeless even though you have maybe the best young talent in the entire game. Yeah, I can't say Atlanta because Scottie Pippen Jr. is on the way to save the day. We got we already know what's gonna happen with them. Uh, but I think, I mean, yeah, it gotta be Dallas. I mean, anytime you go into the offseason saying we have to sign Kyrie Irving to a max contract or it's a major failure, you're in a bad spot. <laughs> you're in a really bad place. Uh, and I think uh, Dallas is in a spot now where I mean, we all kind of see the writing on the wall where this thing is going, and it's not going to end well for them. Uh, I think Luca. We all kind of just have Luca on the clock before some of those rumors start leaking out uh, about him being upset the way they're building that team. Jason Kidd, what's going on with his future? Are they going to try to use him as the sacrificial lamb? Uh, I think it's, it's it's just very bad what's going on there. But I I can't lie. I gotta go off script here. How are we having this conversation without mentioning the Minnesota Timberwolves? I'll just be the cliche guy here and remind everybody Great that they point. traded five first Great round point. picks for Rudy Gobert. 
They're, they're, they're stuck. They are the, the stuckest of the stuck right now. If you're sitting there saying, hey, we got to trade Carl Anthony Towns just to, to add some some roster pieces that make us a little bit better. Uh, of course, we all love Anthony Edwards. He's a future superstar. That guy, if, you, if that guy's your best player, you'll be okay. Uh, but, I mean, they're, they're looking at a future where they're paying Rudy Gobert a whole bunch of money. They don't have draft picks. They're not going to get any big-time free agents to go to Minnesota. And we all see it. They're probably going to have to trade Carl Anthony Towns at some point. And I, you you really don't want to trade him because he's such a talented player. Of course, he, he has his boneheaded moments in the playoffs. But that's really their only path to really improving that roster in a way that gets them out of the, the play-in tournament group. And I don't know what you can really do to kind of avoid that just because they gave up so much to get Rudy Gobert of all people. Who could have Th- ever this is thought why I that was... pairing Gobert and Towns would go wrong? Oh. Nah, we never well, saw it coming. Th- this is this is why I think Dallas is more stuck. Because if you ask if you ask Dallas, hey, would you swap just the surrounding cast around Luca for the Timberwolves cast? They would say yes in like a second. Oh yeah. McDaniels, Kyle Anderson, they they, they got some good players. And with Luca, with Luca, I can probably talk myself into that group. Honestly, <laughs> yes, yes. And like we still have like a really young Aunt Edwards. This is why I didn't really include them, just because I think Edwards has a ton of upside. Yeah, as a I player, like Edwards. as a two way player. Um, so I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, and if they can get something decent in return for Towns, too, like they at least have some flexibility. When you look at Dallas. Man, you got you're gonna pay Davis Bertans 17 million. He's got a player option. A player <laughs> option for 17 million. Not Legend. not this next season, but the season after that. Legend. I mean, it's 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 I'm rough. Gu- I'm and guessing then, like, he's gonna pick up. Who is that the Mavericks? Up. Who is the Mavs second best player if Kyrie Irving leaves? Josh Green. Maybe. I don't and that's going to do it for this week's edition of Point of Contention. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe Boy, to all of our podcasts at the, at the Athletic Podcast Network, Warriors Plus Minus. Anything is potable down to dunk, no dunks. Glue guys, Sixers beat in the Bun and Cardigan show. For Jay King, Will Guillory, and Andrew Schlecht, we will see you next time on Point of Contention. So shout out to Jaden Hardy. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.